and welcome to this edition of Spotlight. My name is Chelsea. And I'm Rogan. If this is your first time checking out Spotlight, this is an offshoot of the Prognos podcast, where we chat with some incredible artists and musicians in the progressive rock scene. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you to all the Prognos patrons for helping these episodes happen. Check out what the benefits are of becoming a patron at patreon.com slash prognotes. Today's special guest is Einar Solberg of Leprous, here to talk about their most recent release, Aphelion. Glad to have you on, Einar. Yeah, I'm happy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm happy to be here. Well, uh, to tell a bit about myself, uh, that's uh, a quite tricky one, to be honest. I play... Uh, <laughs> I'm the main composer and the founding member of uh, the band Leprous. Uh, started in 2001 when we were kids. and. Now we're not kids anymore, and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, lots, lot of, lots of things to say. But uh, I'm also, yeah, I'm also the lead singer of the band. Well, okay, uh, on to questions then. Uh, we just got this album over the weekend and have already listened to it so many times. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the singles they've been pretty folk adjacent, and and that makes them like really stand out in the best way possible uh, compared to the rest of the album. Uh, so, is there any deeper meaning behind why those were chosen to represent the record? Not really, but there there are no typical singles, maybe except the Castaway Angels uh, on on this album. Uh, so so we we wanted to go with something a bit different this time, something that uh, gave a, a different vibe than than what we've done with our singles uh, back in the days. And uh, like on Pitfalls and the previous record, we always chose the most kind of catchy and straightforward songs for, for mm -hmm. singles, which is kind of the standard thing to do. But now we chose some slightly more uh, experimental songs for it, just uh, because uh, we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best reason to. Yes. So what inspired the on the string piano playing in Running Low? I know you don't see that very often outside of postmodern classical pieces, so it was a really neat surprise and added a unique drive to those softer sections. I guess I'm just wondering about the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no like, um, my brain works very randomly. I just get like, uh, I, I'm not a careful planner. I'm a, like a very intuitive guy. So it's just like, you know, I, I think actually I had the, uh, we were, um, I had made like a kind of sound like that. That was uh, probably like some uh, some harpsichord type of sound, but, uh, but I didn't want to have harpsichord, but I just wanted to have like something in that style. So we just uh, came to the studio. There was, a, there was a, a grand piano there and we just started making sounds with it. And just like, what about something like this? And then uh, Tor got the, I put him on the mission to, to to do it, so <laughs> so it worked, and then uh, like many people maybe think that all our decisions are very carefully planned, and oh, now we want to do this because of this and because of that. It's just like no, we try something, and and if it sounds good, it sounds good, and that's just uh, trying and failing and trying and succeeding. That's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I yeah, love well. That. 
that experimentation is like very much ingrained in your sound across all of your albums so and I, I feel that, that that really comes out in this album especially because it feels like each track to the next is something entirely different and and explores a new space yeah I, I believe so because um, our previous albums have been more part of one big process uh, it's it's like pitfalls. It was one big process. Malina, one big process. Congregation, one big process. On on a feeling, it's like ten separate, smaller uh, processes. Uh, so it, it's uh, it doesn't really. It we just gradually built the album without actually having planned making an album to begin with. So 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 this whole album is really intuitive and 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 it kind of. We didn't leave any space for overthinking and or just uh, uh, a lot of people talk about perfection uh, in music and I don't believe in that. I don't believe perfect music exists uh, because then you could just have a computer calculating exactly how to make the perfect song and you would have it. It's, I think music is, is made mainly of imperfections uh, to be honest. Chelsea, it looks like you have a thought. <laughs> I was just thinking about how I'm always telling people to follow their heart, and I love that you take that and put it into music. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, uh, but, but, uh, I mean, I, I'm just talk speaking from my perspective. I work like that. I know that a lot of people are really, really good at planning things down to the smallest detail, and it becomes amazing. But they work like that. I work in a different way, and it's just like uh, some people are intuitive, some people are more careful planners, and and it's just one is not better than the other. And and it even like some people, some that I, uh, some friends of mine who who are also composers, uh, they can they come across as to me as very careful planners, but they can still end up with somewhat like similar-ish result, even though the the <laughs> the the path there is really, really different. Absolutely. Um, okay, uh, going on to, uh, there's been this trend over the past 10 or so years of bands that started in heavier genres gradually transitioning into a more like contemporary popular sound. So examples of those being like Anathema who started as a grunge group and Catatonia who were like more death metal at first. And now I think Leprous has made this shift with uh, like perfect grace, but I was wondering if you might be able to provide some insight into why this trend might be happening, at least from where Leprous is concerned. I don't think it's much of a trend, so to speak, but it's just like, um, uh, um, and, and when you say bands like Anathema, and uh, especially Anathema it has had a much more extreme um, mm -hmm change in their music than what we had for example for uh, yeah bands like Opeth etc like it has yeah. had a big change and, and I think you change preferences over the years that's maybe one thing but I don't feel that we're like we can still play songs from almost all of our albums in one set list without it seeming weird uh, mm. so uh, it's. I don't feel we've taken that huge of a step, you know. Like uh, there is a lot of similarities with our earlier music and today's music. Whereas uh, 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 other bands, like uh, for example Anathema, they couldn't put together a set list of both. <laughs> I believe it would sound really. Uh, it would be quite. Of course, there are some. I wouldn't. Mm, 
uh, we have to think a bit how to build the setlist, but we have a lot of dynamics in our music so that we can even put Castaway Angels and Contaminate Me in the same setlist if we plan it good enough, you know, so so, mm -hmm. so I never considered us to be an extreme metal band and that was just like a small element of our music always to me uh, and we never had an intention of, of being that with like when we started back in the days we loved prog, you know, like I was listening back then I was mostly listening to like 70s prog and that kind of stuff now I don't listen maybe that much to it anymore ex with a few exceptions but I think uh, I don't see it as much as a trend to be honest uh, uh, there is not that many bands in that category uh, uh, there's the ones you mentioned plus Opeth plus uh, Norwegian band Ulver if you know them um, uh, started as a black metal band and now it's more kind of an ambient electronica band uh, but but uh, but I don't see us in exactly the same category maybe slightly closer to uh, to Opeth in terms of development but still Opeth changed from being quite like focused on death metal to having none none of that anymore we were never having death metal or extreme metal as a main thing in our music it was always um just some sections here and there absolutely yes um and like yeah again those those elements are still there in this new album as well like uh, it, it was uh it was a really nice surprise to hear the the screams come out again in like the last minute of the entire album uh because <laughs> uh, like over the last couple there has you haven't uh taken the harsh vocals as much but uh, to just wrap up the entire experience that had been sort of more lighter um, up until that point with with that like huge powerful closer was uh, just incredible. Thank you. Uh, I didn't make that decision myself actually uh, to, to include the screaming because we had this uh, uh, interesting uh, project where we were um, including the fans in, in the creation and recording of one song and that was that song so we just uh, put up a huge poll so they could like vote between like and give us like lots of different parameters to work with just as a fun experiment and now i would have probably not included that screaming to begin with myself because it's not <laughs> a very natural way of me to sing anymore uh, but uh but it's just like okay it's a project like uh, we will we will do this in the way that we in a way that we can stand for 100% you know so uh, so uh, so yeah we uh, and and what better time to do it than in the closing uh, <laughs> section you know so in that way yes. this album is kind of similar-ish to uh, to pitfalls the, whereas we, we end with the most heavy section <laughs> uh, on both mm -hmm. albums I was gonna say the transition from listening to pitfalls to listen to Aphelion is really interesting. Um, I, I listen to them both back to back, and I think it does a really good job of building this feeling of hope. But also, I don't know if you're up for talking about this, but for me, I have my own personal struggles with mental health, and I think that the transition from Pitfalls to Aphelion really encapsulates this feeling of gradually getting away from like anxiety and depression and looking back at where I've come from. Would you mind talking about it for a minute? Yeah, of course, of course we can. Uh, um, and 
I think it's a, a relatively correct observation, but and also like everyone who has had the mental struggles as a relevant part of their life at some point knows that it's not something that just suddenly goes away. Uh, it yeah. kind of it stays with you always. Uh, but uh, what happens when you learn more uh, how to deal with it is that it gradually fades. Uh, further and further away and it dominates your life less and less uh, and and but so uh, so a feeling has definitely uh, in general more hope uh, and it's mm -hmm. a kind of a later stage of dealing with anxiety and depression which is not like I wouldn't say it's a dominant part of my life anymore even though on some of the songs it can maybe sound like it but they are kind of more like the setbacks you know that you experience uh, even though you're making gradual, slow pro progress, you ha still have the setbacks. And that's like, uh, I think too many people have this Disney belief on, on how to deal with uh, uh, mental struggles that is sometimes, and then you overcame it and then you never had it again. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, that's that's so relatable um, because it, it does, it never, it never goes away. You just get better at managing it, I guess. Yeah, and okay. you get yeah, sorry, and you get better at uh, giving it less space, and 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 yeah. it's sometimes that simple that the more space you give it, the more dominant it becomes, and the less space you give it, and the more you focus on other things that then you can forget about it for quite a while, and 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 of course I'm not saying that you should just run away from your problems, but uh, <laughs> but and that's not a, a very good long term strategy, but but uh, but to over analyze and to over like to overthink your problems is never the the key either yeah that can cause quite the spiral i know from experience yeah yeah exactly exactly i guess that kind of answers my next question for you which was what advice would you have for anyone who's currently in the midst of their hardcore struggles with mental health yeah I have, a, I have a, I think, some answers that might could be of help there. To me, the main thing is to to realize is they're just emotions. They they don't represent any reality or anything. It's just like it's so easy to be tricked by emotions to uh, that that things are much worse than they actually are. And and and. Uh, Especially like for me, I'm a very emotional person in uh, good and bad. Basically, I can have experienced very strong positive emotion and very strong negative emotions, and mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm a quite dynamic person, so to speak. So, but what I've come to realize is that when you come to the acceptance with that, all the emotions you experience experience are temporary. They don't stay with you. They're uh, they're like. Even though you try to feel super anxious for for uh, two weeks straight, you will not manage because it's a defense mechanism that just goes to one certain level and then it gradually goes down and then and then you can of course keep it warm by by making the wrong uh, <laughs> choices and to to feed <laughs> it constantly. But but um um but for for me the the main thing was just like. Uh, to realize that the choice is very much up to me, basically. Uh, whether, like, okay, do I 
the typical the typical thing you do when you have anxiety or, or depression or is either you kind of surrender completely to it or but the typical thing that I do is that I try to fix it. I try to fix mm -hmm. I, I go like okay uh, I'm anxious of this thing so I will try to eliminate that threat. Uh, and then you try to eliminate it and of course there are so many things in life that are not possible to control uh, and then once you just make peace with that okay it's like that today and then let's continue with my plan for the day uh, instead of oh I feel like this today well how come how can I make it better or why why do I feel like this it's just like and the more you kind of go in then dig yourself deeper and deeper down it's just, so just like basically and, and by experience it always gets better uh, like for me always gets better and it often when it's good it you can also imagine it to be prepared for some setbacks because they will usually also come if you have had it as a dominant part of your life i'm no psychologist of course so i'm just uh, speaking from uh so yeah <laughs> You can maybe put the uh, don't try this at home uh, warning to the <laughs> people. No, no, but uh, but uh, it's for like the choices you make are much more important than the feelings you feel. Mm. I, I love that. That's very close to something my therapist told me too, which is just that remember anxiety is temporary. You can't feel anxious forever and it helps you to move out of that moment and into more calm times. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think that's really good advice. Uh, you went into that a lot uh, with your experience in Pitfall compared to uh, to Aphelion in the press notes for that. Uh, but would you care to elaborate more on like maybe the space you were in while writing Pitfalls compared to yeah. uh, the, the most recent release? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, so pitfalls, uh, I, I was in a really difficult state in the beginning there, where where I had come, become completely trapped in uh, like uh, very very strong anxiety that was kind of completely dominating my life, and that quite quickly led on to like depression, like not feeling any joy by the things you normally feel joyful about it etc which anyone who has ever had it knows that feeling and and um and and that was it's been like a super slow process and a slow really slow recovery progress but 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 uh like so when so when i started with pitfalls i was very much there and it was kind of like shocking and it was like Oh, what is all this? And and it's not like, of course, I had I had been in some periods like that before, but not as long-lasting as as it was uh, then. And mm. and so so for me, it was really really difficult to write music. And then people who say this, I I really don't understand people who says that it's easier to write music when you feel uh, depressed. Because for me, it's the opposite. Because I don't have any energy. Uh, you don't have any wish to do anything. So, so. But the what can be a point then is that, of course, afterwards, when you start feeling better, you have something to write about. <laughs> then, uh, so, so mm -hmm. in that way, it can be, yeah, uh, in inspiring. So, so. Uh, whereas uh, on Aphelion, uh, it's, it was on a much, much later stage. It was like Corona had started. Like I had like, uh, like, like three uh, surgeries. Uh, no, not two surgeries during one year and one, uh, one major like uh, 
injury on my leg and everything. It was just like uh, so many things in one year, plus Corona, plus we couldn't play anymore. But strangely enough, it didn't impact me that much as I, I would have expected because I had come to a bigger... <laughs> Um, acceptance with things. I, I've gotten to this being like, oh, okay, this happens. Okay, and then instead of thinking about, oh, that's so terrible, so my whole life is falling apart, you can think like, okay, what can I do now? And at some point, like, okay, I can write music, and okay, and, and that time where I even couldn't write music, then because of I couldn't move almost because of my leg and everything, and and then okay, but now I can finally play those PlayStation games that I didn't uh, want to waste time my time on uh, before. So there is always like if you if you try to just turn your focus onto what you can do instead of what you cannot do, and that that has been much more the focus during. Uh, Aphelion. Uh, so, um, so that's like whenever I get an anxious period now, or or like uh, where I feel mildly mildly depressed or something, then it's 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 more like I'm more calm about it basically than I was during that pitfall spirit. More, it's just like okay, it's just that good old thing, and then. Maybe I will be a bit stressing about it for one or two days maximum, and then I will go back to doing what I do. And and it's just like so. Uh, I just came to that point where where I don't get that stressed about it. And and once you get rid of that fear of the fear, uh, then at least you uh, and that and that can sometimes be bigger than the actual thing you were scared of to begin with when you start mm -hmm. fearing that you will feel like that again and then so once uh, you so acceptance is the main difference between those two albums uh, um, even though I was also talking about that uh, on, on Alleviate for example on the previous albums but uh, that was more the theory of it not that I had actually <laughs> come to any sort of acceptance but I knew that I mm. needed to come to try to to reach some sort of acceptance so so um yeah. so so yeah uh, um so that's the that's the difference and uh yeah I have a one follow-up question um what PlayStation games did you play <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so I played the two different ones, uh, the main ones where I, I played. So the one that I played when I, I like uh, strained my ankle and I couldn't walk for one and a half months. Then then I played Assassin's Creed. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the one from Greece, uh, uh, Odyssey. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, and so then uh, this year, when I after I removed my tonsils, uh, then I played the uh, Assassin's Creed the Valhalla. Mm. Mm. Uh, what a great yeah. series of games! <laughs> I think yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. use of your time. <laughs> yeah, but but oh, it's it, it is very entertaining, and that's why it's good to always have that oh, at that time when you cannot do anything else. Uh, like, and that's why I don't play that much normally. It's because mm -hmm. I, I first like it's easy to waste a lot of time on it if you start, yeah. and that, that I would rather use to create something or to, to do something creatively. Uh, because when I start playing, I cannot stop for uh, until I'm finished. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, 
Yes, I, I'm very much a, a completionist like that as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we're getting to the end of our questions here, but we have a, a couple more questions that are actually from our Discord community patrons, so our mm -hmm. VIP community. Mm -hmm. um, so this one is from Gabriel. Uh, he asks, uh, what are your musical influences and how do you feel about the band's earlier, more experimental progressive metal album at this point? Uh, my influences, I would say that uh, one of, like, uh, these days I listened a lot, I listened a lot to classical music. Uh, uh, I would say Arvo Pärit is probably my favorite and he's a contemporary guy. And of course, like, good old Bach and... <laughs> and uh, I'm a huge Radiohead fan, they are one of my favorite bands. Uh, yes. Uh, because uh, and and what I love about them is that they are not trying to be anything. They're just themselves, regardless of uh, people's expectations. And and I, I I find great inspiration in in these kind of things when when people are, when bands are not trying too hard. Uh, and uh, what I feel about our earlier, more experimental albums uh, is that they are not more experimental at all. Uh, it's just uh, the, uh, the experimentations are much less subtle than what they are now. Uh, so uh, what we do now, I feel is like, for example, a song on the previous album, I Lose Hope. I feel to be much more original than uh, Forced Entry, for example, uh, because when you hear the song I Lose Hope from Pitfalls, I, I cannot hear that many other bands that sounds like that. And uh, when you put on uh, uh, Forced Entry, it's similarities to kind of best of uh, different uh, prog bands that we used to listen to back then type of thing, just sections by section. So I don't feel they're more experimental. I just feel they are um less mature with sometimes the charm that that uh, gives an album uh and so so it's a more section by section type of okay we put this here we put this here we don't throw away anything and everything into one song and then we go go ahead with that and and so sometimes it works uh other times it doesn't uh that's <laughs> what i that's what i feel about it but it it, it doesn't feel close to my preference on how to write music these days. Uh, um, I, I enjoy quite a few things on bilateral. Uh, Tall Poppy Syndrome, not so much. So this is from Where Sloth. Uh, what do you think about the Scandinavian progressive rock scene? Do you have any thoughts on why there have been consistently strong releases by a multitude of bands from the region? Um, I, I just feel there is a lot of people doing music here in general, uh, so I, I don't feel there is a scene in that way that like you you can see you could see from the 90s with the grunge scene from Seattle or the black mm. metal scene from Norway or I don't feel like there is a, that prog scene and and in general scenes that phenomenon has kind of died more and more out with the internet i believe uh, and that it, like people are much more kind of inspired by each other across the world and not only in the region that they live in uh, so uh, so you don't see these phenomenons very often anymore that suddenly it comes this huge like, uh, or it can be whatever, like if it's Gothenburg, death metal, Norwegian black metal, mm. grunge from uh, 
Seattle or death metal from Florida or whatever. You know, like uh, you don't. It, it, I don't see these phenomenons anymore uh, because because uh, the globalization basically. So I uh, so to start with that, I don't feel that we are really in a scene that is specific for Scandinavia. But there is a lot of musicians here. There is a lot of people doing music because we have a lot of... Uh, we've had quite a, a good possibilities with governmental support, like cultural houses, like uh, easier for us to do music than um, uh, it is for people from any other country. So you will see, like, we also have a relatively strong uh, a jazz uh, scene, if you can call it that, in Norway, like uh, pop, the pop uh, scene there is, uh, is starting to be quite big from Norway now, and so it's just like, and uh, and Sweden has always been like one of the biggest uh, in in popular music, uh, apart from, uh, I would say that except from uh, from United States and England, they have been maybe the biggest. Uh, Sweden, so they have always been huge on 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 music in general. So I, I just I don't think it's that specific for prog, uh, especially not Norway. There are not that many prog bands uh, that are big from Norway, at least. Uh, mm. So, so it's Nor more theory of of large numbers that because there are more musicians making music, that there's more more prog, good prog coming out of. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. But I think there is a lot of prog from Sweden, but there is not that. There are some bands from Norway, but there is not that many. Uh, like, uh, there, are, there are some, but like, uh, it's not like Norway is mostly known for the black metal scene, not for the prog scene. All right. Uh, we've got one more to wrap it up. Uh, and this one's for, from Almond Hammer. Uh, do you plan on doing anything with Raphael Weinroth Brown as an album? Uh, I could listen to those two all day and be happy. He says. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Of course, uh, like I've, I've uh, Raphael is a good friend, and I've been uh, doing so much with. And I think like uh, every backstage warm up we ever do, it's usually just me and him improvising together. So I guess. Uh, uh, that's uh, an album with us would sound something like the, our backstage warm-ups. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, it's nothing in the plan for the moment at the moment, but it would of course be great. We share a lot of musical preferences and yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Einar. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. My pleasure. Uh, we would like to thank you so much for listening to this edition of Spotlight. If you've enjoyed the episode or learned something new, please subscribe. If you'd like to hear more interviews and get more prog rock content, you can become a special Prognotes patron at patreon.com prognotes. Also, come join our Discord community, a chat room for all prog rock fans and fans of the show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. All of these links are in this episode's description. Join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of prog rock. Destin and Drew will be back with another episode on the 15th. See you on Discord. Thanks. Thanks.